0: You are listening to Koinonia Church, Passion for God, Compassion for People. Good morning, Cornelia Church. How's everybody doing this morning? It's good to see you. God is good. All the time, all the time. Listen, um, I am glad that you're here today. If you're, if you're visiting today, I just want to say you're in the right place. Uh, God has a word for you today that you'll feel, you're going to leave feeling encouraged Uh, and you're going to get a deposit of His Word and His life. I just want you to know that He's got good things for you, whether it's your first time today, whether you've been here for many decades. You made the right decision to be here this morning. All throughout the service already, uh, just what an incredible sense of of God's presence. He's taken us somewhere. And, uh, and we're responding. I sense the response of the house. I sense the response of us together. All the things that were said today about moving together, being in unity, pressing into the things of God, that's happening. There's something that's shifting as, as we're doing that together. So I just want to commend you. Let's keep, let's keep pressing into what God is doing. Uh, I'm going to continue in just a few moments our, our series that we started last week. Uh, in this uh, area of a season season of prayer and intercession. And if you missed last week, you're going to feel right at home. You're not going to feel left out. I'm going to bring you up to speed. But before uh, before I do that, we have a treat this morning. Uh, We've got Pastor Charles Williams, uh, who is in the house. And for many of you, you might know Pastor Charles. Yeah, most of you do. If you don't know Pastor Charles, uh, you're in for a treat. Pastor Charles was on our staff uh, for a number of years ago. Uh, Came on staff 20 plus years ago. Uh, under my uh, dad, when my dad was pastor here, Pastor Blake, and uh, just united. Uh, so God did something special between his heart and Pastor Charles's heart, and uh, I was able to serve alongside of Pastor Charles as he's on, on staff here, and then he pastored a church in town for a number of years, renewing faith, uh, uh, seven years, seven years. That's the perfect, that's a perfect number. That's the perfect number. And, uh, and now they've relocated to, uh, to <coughs> Texas. Um, but, uh, Pastor Charles, would you come up please and greet yeah. and yeah. greet everybody? Yeah. And whatever you want, if you want to give a word of encouragement, you say a greeting. you want to sing a
1: song, it's yours. Uh, man, why do you do me like that? <laughs> uh, amen. I, I tell you what, uh, it's amazing uh where you guys are and where your pastor is leading you uh in this time this awesome time of of, a prayer
0: Mm. Uh,
1: i was telling andrew we were in a class we were in our class wednesday and what he's teaching right now he was right in the middle of the vein of what we were teaching so i want to encourage you in this church that you're in the vein of god and in this time and in this season, Psalms uh, 102, verse 12, 13, talks about how that God, He will arise and favor Zion. Yes, and then He says, the set time has come. So you guys are in a set time, uh, the Greek word karios, uh, uh, karios time, a time where God is doing something special. And if you decide to stay outside of what he's doing, you won't experience. So you gotta get in on what God is doing. Uh, God has set a passion, is having a passion for what God wants in this time, in this place and through this people. This is where this church is and you cannot stay where you are, because the Spirit of God is moving and the Spirit of God is shifting. Uh, You know this this cool weather that you're experiencing? It wasn't because of me, but I was talking with my cousin. and, uh, And she said, man, California is scorching. 109, 111, so on and so forth. And this is what I told her. I said, when I get on the plane to come to California, I said, God is going to shift the weather. It's, I said, it wasn't me. I, I said, it's not going to be no 109 when I'm there, 111. It ain't going to be none of that. I said, he's going to shift the weather. And I said all that to say this, that this church is in a time being led by the Spirit of God, that it's time to shift mm-hmm. things that are going on. It's time to shift it. Mm-hmm. And you're in the time and in the right place. Follow what your man of God is teaching. Follow the ego of the Spirit and not the ego of yourself. Someone say follow. The ego. That's the Greek word. Ego actually means to be led by the Spirit. When He moves, you move. Just like that. Amen. Come on.
0: You, Thank you, sir. give it up one more time for this man we love this man we bless you pastor charles you're welcome to come Boy, we've got to work out a deal where we pay to bring you out every every little bit just just to and we'll pay for your ticket just to have you come and encourage us Listen, we are uh, we are in, in this series. It's part two, season of prayer and intercession. Last week, what I did is I, I, I kind of tried to lay the groundwork a little bit and talk to you about the season that we're in uh, and what God is going to do in this season. If you missed last week, I'm going to encourage you uh, to go back and, and watch it. You will, you will be encouraged. You will be inspired. You'll be stirred. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you're not in a small group, this is an all-church series that we're gathering as a church. We're aligning ourselves together. Something different happens when the church lines up and agrees, grabs hands, locks shoulders, and we say, we're going to push forward into what God has for us. When when we do that as a church family, there's something that breaks and shifts and moves and all the things that Pastor Charles was talking about. So I want to encourage you, if you're not in a group, get into a group, uh, Get get some material... Uh, Chad do we have material at guest services if you want to buy material you don't have material if you go to a group we'll give you material but if you're not in a group and you want to study you don't want to miss it maybe do a group with your family at home you can buy material at guest services and be a part of what's going on where the students Junior high and high school are studying this material, so as a church, we're really aligning ourselves uh, in this same direction, and God is moving things, and he's shifting things. Uh, so let me just do a little recap in, in the series, and just to remind you, if you are here last week, or, or just to bring you up to speed, uh, if you weren't. I want you to know that prayer is always in season, that, that there is never a time when it's not a good time to pray. But there are certain seasons when it is vitally important for us to pray. There are certain times, as Pastor Charles was saying, the Kairos times, when God really speaks to his people and says, There's, there's something that you're facing, there's something that's about to happen. There's something I want to do in your midst, that if you don't, if you don't step into and respond to the season of prayer and intercession, you're not going to see it in its fullness. You're not going to see it happen in the way that God wants it to happen. There, There, there is a perfect will of God that he wants to, to actually roll out in your life. He wants to do something specific in your family, with your kids. He wants to do something specific in this church, and this community, but we will not see it unless we are willing to press into this area of prayer and intercession, to partner with God, to actually draw down, down, from heaven, down to earth, the things that he desires to do. See, heaven is leaning towards us with uh, the Lord's ear is inclined, almost like he turns his ear towards us, and he says, I want to hear your prayers. I want to hear you reach out for me. I want you to pray, as Jesus said, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But if you, if no one prays the prayers, then nothing's going to happen. Because there, there is a thing that's happening now in this season where you and I, we are in fact the hands and feet of Jesus. We are his vehicle here on the earth, that he is in heaven. He is interceding for us, he is praying for us, and he is inviting us into being a part of what he's doing. We actually have to lock hands with him, and we do that through this thing called prayer and intercession. The truth is, is that any Christian that desires to be a powerhouse of prayer can be. If you're here this morning and you've been in the faith, you've followed Jesus for a day, or you've been in the faith and followed Jesus for six decades, you can be a powerhouse of prayer. You can actually move mountains. You can speak to the impossible things. You can actually break down the the, the walls that the enemy has placed and break through those opposing strongholds that he has put in your life and in your family and around us if you will decide, I'm in. I'm going to be a part of this. Yes, God, I'm responding to your call of prayer. The people that do that, they are the difference makers. There's nice people in churches. There's people that look good in churches. There are people who show up to services on Sundays. They dress nice. They do nice things. They even talk nice. But the difference maker in churches, the difference makers in families, the difference makers in communities are the people who understand prayer and intercession. And they're doing the labor. They're doing the work on this side. And they're drawing down from heaven the things that God wants to do. I, I said this last week. Prayer and intercession is the brush that paints the earth with the manifest presence of God. That is, it draws heaven down into this place. It draws heaven's goodness, his mercy, all the things that God wants to do, the peace that you need in your family, the sufficiency that you need in your finances, the provision that you need of wisdom. He- uh, that will be drawn down and painted over your family and painted over the church and painted over the community through prayer Intercession. It's something that we're invited into, but we have to respond. We have to respond to the call. So, I want to talk to you this morning about receiving the call of intercession, the receiving the call to intercede. Uh, and I, I'm going to talk to you also about some of the excuses that we, we make when it comes to intercession, some of the myths of prayer and intercession. I think it, it will be helpful to you in terms of your understanding uh, and, and hopefully just draw you deeper into this. If you want to follow along uh, in the notes, we do have some notes with fill in the blanks. Uh, that we provide each week. Uh, you can get them through our Church Center app if you've downloaded that uh, and you know where to go. It's the bottom right-hand corner, those three dots, and you uh, click that and click outlines. Uh, you can follow along on the screens, of course, and there's pieces of paper in the seat backs in front of you so that you can take uh, some notes. So I want to begin this morning in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. And while you're uh, turning there, let me just state to you the problem that we face when it comes to prayer. The problem is this, is that we know prayer is powerful. We even believe prayer is powerful. But the reality is, is that almost every Christian will say we don't pray enough. Uh, I mean, we we just we, we know prayer can do things, but we just don't do it. We we all are. Uh, I would think in we, we are impressed that our prayer life is not where it should be. I mean, I know I am as a, as a pastor. I'm thinking I'm, I got to pray more. I know I must pray more. And, and the reality is is that prayer can be the greatest weapon that God has given us in the arsenal uh, of attack against the enemy and of drawing down the blessings of God. But it often lies unused and rusty on the floor over there somewhere because we just don't pick it up and we just don't use it. We'd rather talk about it. We'd rather study it. We'd rather memorize the Greek words about it. But we don't actually, when it comes to doing it, it's much more difficult. And the challenge for us is that right now in this season of time, we're going to have to stop just learning about it, stop doing just sort of lip service to it, and actually doing it, actually preparing ourselves in the way where we say, I'm actually going to open my mouth, and I'm going to learn How to pray and if you don't know how to pray it's a great time to learn how to pray and if you know how to pray it's time to go deeper and go to a higher level now look with me at first timothy chapter 2 verse 1 this is paul he's speaking to timothy who is a pastor of a local church and so it might as well be paul is speaking to us today and he says to timothy this he says therefore i exhort first of all that supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men he says, therefore I exhort first of all. Would you just repeat after me, first of, first of all? When we're saying first of all, when Paul says first of all, what he's saying is that you've got to get first things first. He's saying there's some things that are nice to do. There's things that are good to do. But if you don't do first things, then you're going to get yourself in trouble. You're going to get yourself out of order. And in the life of every believer, if you follow Christ, the priority is prayer. The priority, the first thing... Is prayer. It should be the thing that we do in the morning. It should be the thing that we do in the evening. It should be the thing that we do when we come into service. It should be the thing to do when we get to trouble. It should be the thing that we do when things are going good. It's the first priority of, of our life as followers of Jesus is this thing called prayer. And Paul doesn't say, what's interesting is what he doesn't say. Paul doesn't say, first of all, make sure that you give more in the tithe bucket. He doesn't say, first of all, make sure that you read more Scripture. He doesn't say, first of all, make sure that you're a good person. He doesn't say any of those things. He he says, first of all, pray. First of all, pray. It should be the first thing on our heart and in our minds. It's the first call of every follower of Jesus. And then he lists four types of prayer. He actually uses four different Greek words for prayer. There's, I think, a total of either seven or eight Greek words for prayer that are used throughout the New Testament. And in this one verse, he uses four of them. And I just want to take you quickly through those four, because I think it will help you understand a little bit more about prayer and about how we go deeper into prayer. So let me just go to them quickly, these four words. The first of all, the first word is, is prayers. I'm going to take them out of order from the way that he lists them. Firstly is prayers. Now, prayers speaks of our communion or our relationship with God. Prayers speak of our relationship with God. It, it is just a, it's a general word that's used for prayer, and it has to do almost with a heart language. When the disciples came to Jesus and they asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, his response was, and, and you know it, we know it as the Lord's Prayer, he said, you start like this, our Father. You start with Relationship. You start with identifying who you are in relationship to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's not some God that's far away, He is your dad. He's your father. He's the best father that there is. He's, he's brought you into his family. He's, he's welcomed you with open arms. And because of the relationship that we have with him, our heart desires to spend time with him. Our heart simply desires to talk with him. Because every relationship that you have that is one that you love is one that is filled with communication. I love to talk to my wife. I'll talk to my wife about anything. We'll talk, we can pick up conversations that we started yesterday. We can start a new conversation. I love to talk to my kids. Why? Because there's a heart relationship that's there that it doesn't matter what time of day it is, where it is. I just like to talk with them. And so there's just a basic level heart expression of my heart that desires to communicate with them. That's the first level of prayer. It's it's a sense that prayer is not a, a duty, it's a privilege. I don't, I, don't, I don't talk to my wife because I have to talk to my wife. Yeah, got to talk to her again. No, I, I, I love to talk to my wife. I love the sound of her voice. I love to communicate with her. I love to hear what she has to say. I love her differing opinions. They're usually wrong, but I love them anyway. No, I, I'm usually the ones with the wrong opinions, but this is the only time I get to say that I'm right. Prayer flows out of your heart towards God. That's the, first, that's the first level of prayer. The second level, the second word that he uses is this word of supplications. Now, supplications are strong, intense, spiritual kind of praying, which involves an intense seeking of God. Intense seeking of God. So here we're talking about uh, a a request. It's a petition, but it's such a strong petition. It's such a strong request that even the very word itself implies a sense of of passion, almost like you're begging. You're, you're uh, You're so passionate about this thing that you keep going to it over and over again with great earnestness, with great perseverance. You're not going to quit. You keep knocking on the door because the thing that you're asking for is so much on your heart that you're not just going to be denied just because you're not going to get lazier just because the answer was, I don't know, or no, or whatever. You're just going to keep going back and knocking on the door until you get a response. That's supplications. It, it's this sense of such intensity that says, I'm, I'm going to maybe pray for longer than a couple of minutes because this thing is so important. I can't give up on it, and I'm actually going to press beyond what is my norm because I'm carrying it so heavily, and it speaks of a passion, a burden that you're carrying. There's a story uh, in World War II uh, out of the Philippines. A son of a missionary uh, tells the story. It's a true story about His dad, And one day, uh, his dad, as a missionary, was repeatedly arrested and tortured uh, by uh, the the, the soldiers for preaching the gospel. And one day, the soldiers show up at the house and they arrest his dad yet again. And his mom's at the door. Of course, she's crying. Uh, They're they're taking his dad away. And the soldiers say to the mom, hey, listen, this is it. He's done it one too many times. This time, he's going to be executed. Don't expect to see him back well, can you imagine what she did in that moment? She began to pray. She had a burden for prayer. It was evening time. She puts the kids in bed, and she begins to pray, Uh, and she prays, and and of course, the young man doesn't know this who's telling the story because he's asleep at that point, but she prays all night, and at 4 a.m. in the morning, she wakes up the kids, and she says, the burden is too strong. I need help, in prayer, get out of bed, get on, get on your knees on the ground in a circle, grab my hands, and let 's begin to pray. I mean, can you imagine if you 're eight or nine years old and, and you 're woken up and you're bleary eyed and your mom says, "We need to pray?" This was the burden of prayer, this was the supplication that she was engaged in, and so they grabbed hands, they began to pray, and pretty soon they hear footsteps at the door. They think at first the footsteps or the footsteps of the sh- soldiers returning, and then mom says I recognize those footsteps. Those are your dad's footsteps. He opens the door and he sees them on the ground praying in a circle. And he says, Now I understand why I was released because you were praying. And he begins to tell them about what happened. He says, I was in the lineup and, and of prisoners that they were executing. And one by one, I was at the end of the line. They were chopping their heads off, coming down all the way. His shirt is splattered with blood. They come to him, he says, that the sword is lifted. And the commanding officer shouts, stop, comes and runs to the guy, looks at him in the face and says, quick, get out of here. And he pushes him out of the gates of the prison. And the man comes home. Because someone was willing to carry the burden yes. and to press through just yes. the fatigue and, and, the, and, and, yes. and, the, and giving, wanting to give up and wondering it's going to happen and say, no, I'm not going to let go. There's something that needs to happen. Someone yes. that's going to storm heaven and do a supplication prayer yes. that says, I'm going to press in until I receive the answer yes. that's needed. The third kind of <laughs> prayer that he lists is the prayer of thanksgiving. The prayer of thanksgiving now the prayer of thanksgiving you know what it means it's a it's a prayer with an attitude of thankfulness it it, it basically is thanking god for what he has done it's a grateful acknowledgement for past mercies for the way that he has worked in our life and 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 it's focused more on telling him thank you than it is on uh, asking him to do something the beautiful thing about prayers of thanksgiving, is that when you begin to rehearse what God has done, whether in your life personally, or you just begin to rehearse who he is and his faithfulness, you can do it all throughout scripture. You can begin just to, to recount uh, about how God has been faithful, and he's never failed, and he's moved mountains, and he brought Abram out of uh, from where his, the land where he was with his parents, and brought him, and had a promise for him, and you begin to recount how God was faithful to every generation, and he never let go, and he continued to make a people for himself something happens inside of of your heart. You begin, your faith begins to grow. You begin to to once again have a faith for reaching out to heaven. And so then when you go to a a place of requests, you you don't have hopelessness, you have faith. Because you have been reminded of who the Lord is. The fourth type of of prayer that Paul uh, lists here is the prayer of intercession. The prayer of intercession. Now, intercession speaks of mediating or standing in for another. We've talked about intercession kind of with a picture of uh, of an individual who is standing between in one hand the promises of God and in the other hand that person or that situation that you are drawing those two things together. You're drawing the promises of God into that person or that situation because they can't do it for themselves. You're standing in the gap for them and you are bringing heaven into that situation, and, you're, and that is the prayer of intercession. It, it, when you're interceding, typically there, there's, a, there's a, a purpose to what you're doing. It's a set time. It's a set place. It's a set purpose. And you are actually lifting up a particular person or, or a, a situation, their marriage. It could be a, a healing that's needed. And you begin to intercede on, on their behalf. And you begin to knock on the door of heaven to draw down what God has for that, for that situation. Four kinds of prayer. Uh, and I think it would just be useful for all this talking about prayer for us to actually do some prayer for a moment. And, and so I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Uh, and, if, and if you're nervous, it's your first time, you're wondering what's going to happen, just stand up and act like you know what's going on. It's going it's to be okay. Um, you, 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 won't be, uh, you won't be embarrassed. What I want to do is basically just do an exercise just for a few moments with you in this. And I want to, us to do these four types of prayer just as a way of of putting the rubber to the road for a moment. And and, and, uh, one of the things I, I want you to do is I want you to know, first of all, that this prayer time is a powerful prayer time. Uh, This is not just a ritualistic thing that we're doing. This is something that's powerful that God is actually hearing our prayer and he wants to move and he is going to move on our behalf. Uh, And as we join our prayer together, we join our faith together, it actually moves God's hand. So this is a powerful prayer time and I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you just to stand there and stare and wonder what's going on. You're invited to be a part of this. What's more is I would just encourage you, be a part of this. Maybe you don't know how to pray. Maybe you've never prayed out loud. That's okay. This is time for you. You're in a safe place. You can actually begin to, to take some steps in this arena. Now what, what I want you to do is I want you to lift your voice when we pray together. So in other words, I don't want you to pray silently in your heart. I want you to pray out loud so that you can hear yourself pray. So the level of prayer that I'm talking about is about this level we're going to pray about right here. Okay? So that's that's about basically where you want to pray this morning. Now the reason you want to do that is, number one, because it, it actually engages you a little bit higher. It raises your energy level. It fo- forces you to focus. Secondly, I'm encouraged by your voice. Even if I don't understand your words, I'm encouraged by your energy. And now together as a church, we're lifting. Lifting our voices to God. Thirdly, I don't know what you're praying. I can barely hear myself. And that right there is now safe for us all to lift our voices together, okay? So we're going to do this now, right now, and we're going to begin in this area of prayer. And I'm just going to ask you to begin. This is an expression of your love for Father God. That's that area of prayer. So now just let's just begin to enter into his courts. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for opening the door of heaven. For us thank you for making a way for us thank you god that you have a plan and a purpose that you identified us as far you're our father lord and you've drawn us in as sons and daughters and you have given us that privileged access lord that we are not far away from you but we're close to you and lord, i just i thank you that we get to worship you i thank you that we get to talk to you that you're actually leaning towards us that you're inclining your ear towards us and i just want to tell you lord i love you so very much would you just increase the passion of my heart lord jesus would you increase what you're doing in our midst would you increase lord the work that you do would you reveal to your people how much you love them would you reveal to them what a good and loving father is and how you work and how you're moving and how you're opening doors Thank you, God, for your great faithfulness. Thank you that your Father, who never leaves us, who never forsakes us, who never abandoned us, we praise you, God, because you are so, so very, so very good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, now let's begin to move into this area of supplications. And right now, this is an intense seeking of God. So what we're doing is we're just reaching out for Him, but we're doing it with passion. We're saying, I'm not leaving this place unless I meet with you. Come on. God, we're going into your courts, and we don't want... To miss what you're doing in this hour or this day, we're not going to go to the left or the right. We're not going to be distracted, Lord. Every distraction that seeks to pull us away from you, we're right now pushing through it in the name of Jesus, and we're reaching out for you, God. We want a revelation of Your hand. We want to see Your Your power move in our midst. We want to see breakthrough for our families and for our communities, God. We're asking that You would give us the next generation. We're asking that You would give us families in the name of Jesus. We're asking that You would bring back the prodigal in the name of Jesus, that there would in fact be a day of visitation, that we wouldn't miss it, Lord, that there'd be something that would be shifting and moving in this hour, in this place. Lord, make this place a place where your name would be known, where your name would be lifted high, where things would change in our streets, there'd be righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit that would be a reality in people's lives, that you'd restore families that are broken in the name of Jesus, people that are far away from you, God, that you would bring them back right now in the name of jesus the prodigal that has run away from you and has decided that they don't want Lord that they wake up in this moment and they would see you lord for who you are and they're passionate run towards you in the name of jesus in the name of jesus now just begin to say thank you tim in this area of thanksgiving just begin to bless his name for what he has done for who he is just begin to thank him thank you god we love you lord jesus thank you lord for your faithfulness that you're true that you never change Thank you, God, for my family and for my kids and for my wife, for where you've placed me, right here in this place, Lord, that you knew me from the beginning of time, that even before creation, God, you had identified each one of us and you put good works in advance for us to do, that you put a calling upon our lives. Thank you, Lord, that every morning when I wake up is a fresh opportunity to experience your grace and to walk in your ways, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you're not finished with us, Jesus, that you're continuing to move on our behalf, that you're moving your purposes forward in the earth that you haven't forgotten what you're doing, Lord, but you are on time, you are intentional, and you're moving forward. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way where there was no way. Thank you, God, for bringing salvation. Thank you, God, for an open heaven. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now let's just begin to intercede. So right now I want you to think about maybe a person, an individual. Or a situation, it could be somebody's marriage, it could be yours or another person's marriage, it could be a situation with a, a, a parent and a child, someone that's far away, that has walked away from the faith or that needs salvation, whatever is on your heart, now we're doing this work of intercession and we're beginning to declare and ask for God's goodness to come into that, into that area. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just think of the marriages that are right now struggling. Oh, God, I think of individuals that I know, Lord, that that it would take a miracle for that marriage to be restored. Lord, I'm just reaching out right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your plans and purposes. I thank you, Lord, that you can take dead and impossible things and that you can change them and you can move them. So I'm speaking life in the name of Jesus. though we're far away from you, you draw us close. And so do I just pray you pour out in the name of Jesus a fresh and new anointing and a touch upon marriages. Those that are hopeless and that have given up, and it seems that they're lifeless and there's no hope and there's no future. Lord, in you, you are a God of the impossible. So would you do that? Thank you, God. 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 Thank you. Lord, we're reaching out this morning to you. We're just asking, Jesus, that you would come and that you would move, that you would, Jesus, do the impossible in uh, in our lives. We're praying, God, for the prodigal, for those that are far away from you, those that need salvation, those who have run from you. Would you draw them back into the house? Lord, we're praying for those that have uh, been alienated from you, the addict, and and those that, that, Lord, have defiled themselves and have thought they could never come into your house. Bring them back, we pray, in the name of Jesus. We're asking for salvation in our streets. We're asking for restoration of the next generation. We're asking, Lord, and we're claiming the next generation that they would know you, Lord. That they're not going to go away without an experience of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're asking for life to flow in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. That wasn't so bad, right? It's actually kind of exciting. It's kind of exciting. You want to do it again? Come on 6.30 a.m. on Friday morning. We'll be right here in the house. there You can do it in your house. You can do it with your family. You can call somebody on the phone and say, let's pray together. You can set a timer on your phone and say, hey, at such and such a time, let's walk and pray. Let's talk and pray on the phone. Let's make sure that we make an appointment. Let's actually do the work of pressing in. And You do those four things and you'll find five, 10, 15, 20 minutes suddenly has gone by and you're not finished. And, and what you'll discover is that prayer is a muscle. It's a skill. It's something you develop and you'll grow in strength as you do it. And and it's something that we must, we must do. Let me just talk to you briefly about the mark of the intercessor, the mark of the intercessor. Ezekiel 9 uh, verse 4 says this. Walk through the streets, and this is the, the Lord speaking to the prophet. He says, walk through the streets of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of all who weep and sigh because of the detestable sins being committed in their city. He says, put a mark on the foreheads of those who are who are crying, who are carrying a burden for what they see going on around them. Uh, In the New Testament, uh, it says that Lot was a righteous man and what he saw and what he heard around him Uh, vexed his spirit bothered his spirit that it was it was so so wicked so perverse so bad so unjust that that he was burdened with what he saw he was troubled by what he saw these this is a group of people we see in this verse that are troubled by what they see around them they see that because they they are part of the community, they are part of the city, that the wickedness that's happening, that the brokenness that's happening, it, it, it's actually painful, and they carry it. And because they carry it, then he says, put a mark on their forehead. Now, what's interesting is in, in the Hebrew language, the word mark is tau, uh, and when you write that, some have argued that that is actually uh, looks like the sign of the cross. It's actually a, 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 two hash marks, uh, and, and that, that mark is one that identifies people people who have a burden for their city and for their community. And what I want to tell you this morning is that not only is this prophet speaking about uh, some time in the past, is speaking to you and I, it's a picture of the church today, of people who are called to pray for their community, people who are called and burdened for what's going on. When you look at the world around us, when you look at the situation of the next generation, when you look at the situation of our economy, what's going on in our schools, what's going on in our politics. Politics? Are you not burdened? Are you not bothered by what's going on? We see it and we just we just become It's such a weight that weight represents the work that God wants to do It represents the calling that he has placed on your life and on my life And the truth is is that Jesus desires to put his mark on you He desires to put his mark on you and give you a calling and a purpose. It's the mark of the cross It's the mark of every Christian It's the mark that says you're different. You're set apart. You have a purpose. You're not just like everybody else. You are actually someone who I have decided I'm going to put my mark on. I'm going to put my name on. And so that when people see you, they know who you are. And you know who you are because you have been identified with Jesus, with Jesus Christ. The mark of the believer is not just for a few people. It's for all Christians. The mark of the intercessor, the mark of those who would carry the burden for the world around them is not just for some kind of other Christians, it's, it's for you. It's for everybody that's in the house who knows Jesus Christ. It's, it's the calling, it's, it's the mark that Jesus would, would put on you. And, and you have to remember that when Jesus is talking uh, to the disciples and he begins to talk to them about what he's giving to the church, and he says to the church, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. You remember what he says? He says, I've given you the, kings of, the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth you'll be, will be loosed in heaven. And in other words, you are now, as the church of the living God, every individual who has been marked with the mark of Jesus Christ, you have been now given the keys. And in order to operate the keys and bind and loose, the way that you do that is through prayer and inter- intercession. The way that you actually begin to shift things is not by yelling and screaming, it is by actually engaging with the King of kings and Lord of lords and drawing heaven down into this place. And when we pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, we are using those keys to open up a portal to heaven and saying, God, would you come and would you bring your manifest presence down into this place? Would you draw your kingdom down? It's perfect in heaven, would you let it be perfect in earth? Whatever you say in heaven is done, Let it be done in my family. Let it be done in this community. Whatever you're doing, God, up there, we want to echo it down here. Whatever you have for us, for our families, for our church, for our community, we're drawing it down right now, God. Let your kingdom come in this place. We're aligning ourselves with your purposes and your plans. We're making our lives different. We're adjusting ourselves so that we can actually do the work of the cross. We're doing the work that Jesus has called us to do. Because Jesus right now in, in heaven is praying. He's interceding. And you and I are called also to be intercessors. Every believer must say these words. i love you to, if you repeat it after me. I am responsible. I am marked. This is my ministry. I have been called to intercession. Lord, would you put your mark on me? Boy, Lord, would you put your mark on me so that that it can't be denied, that when I wake up in the morning and I look myself in the mirror, I would not forget what my true identity is, Lord, that I wouldn't be able to deny it, that I wouldn't be able to ignore it, that I wouldn't be able to rationalize it away. Put your mark on me in such a way, God, that reminds me that I'm called to your purposes, I'm called to, to prayer, I'm called to intercession, that the greatest thing that I can do is that my voice would be heard in heaven, not that anybody on earth would know my name, but, Lord, that you would know my name and that I would do the work that you've called me to do. That's the mark that he's called us to carry. The problem is, is that as Christians, oftentimes we forget that we're marked. We act like we're not marked. And it's time for us to adjust our conduct to be in alignment with the name that we carry, with the people that we are called to be. Now, just very quickly, let me just talk to you about some of the myths of intercession uh, because of time, let me move, move fast through these. these. These are the excuses or the rationalizations that we often use when it comes to prayer, why we count ourselves out, why we say that it's not for us. Uh, the first one is this, the myth number one, is it is a spiritual gift for a selected few. We tend to say this. We say that, that uh, intercession is a spiritual gift that some people have and other people don't have. And I, I just want to tell you that, that that's not biblical. There's, there's nowhere in Scripture that you can find the gift of intercession. Now, there's a, there's a calling to prayer. There's a calling to intercession. That's absolutely true. Some people are, have embraced and received the calling to intercession and prayer. But it's not a spiritual gift as if you don't have it. You have the Spirit of Christ, which is the Spirit of intercession, which means you have the Spirit of intercession. All of us are called to it, and all of us have the calling. Number, uh, myth, the myth number two is this. It is a level of prayer that I could never attain, that I could never reach. Sometimes we look at people who uh, are good at prayer or who are passionate about prayer, and it just seems so intense that we feel like we could never get there. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You talk about some people, and they're praying. They t- tell you they pray for an hour. They pray for two hours pray for three hours or pray for four hours and they're crying and they're travailing and they're doing weeping and they're excited about going into the house of God. You're thinking, uh, man, if that's what intercession is, I'd forget that. There's no way, there's no way I could ever get there. And I just want to tell you that you're not called to that level of prayer, but you, all of us are called to a certain level of prayer. we're we're actually all called to a level of prayer and we must engage in that level that god has called us to we're not trying to act like somebody else we're not trying to do the thing that they're called to we're called to pray so we have to go up a level in our prayer life if you don't know how to pray go up a level learn how to pray if you know how to pray a little bit go up a level and and pray some more and and get that that basic level of intercession that we are all called to step up a little bit higher myth number three i would pray but I just don't have the time. Just don't have the time. Now, I find myself sometimes saying that, right? I'm in a rush. I, you know, may, I, don't, I won't have much time for prayer, you know, and so, and so we just kind of excuse ourselves. But the reality is, is that, that this is a cop-out, right? I mean, the reality is, is that you make time for the things that are important in your life. You, you make time. Uh, And so you have to understand that our responsibility to pray, our calling and invitation to prayer requires us to make some time for prayer. We have, there's all kinds of time on the calendar and we can actually decide how to set time aside. I tell you what, there's nothing like uh, repeated commitments, even over a short period of time of building prayer in your life. If you will decide and set an alarm and pray for five or ten minutes a day, that will do much more than telling yourself, I'm going to pray for an hour, and then you get into it two minutes once a week, and you've you've quit because you just don't know what to pray after 30 seconds. So you just build it little by little. You set time aside. You make an appointment. You talk to somebody. Say, hey, let's walk and pray together. Hey, let's call each other such and such time, and let's pray. Myth number four, I don't have the personality for that kind of praying. Right? I, don't, I, just, I just don't have that personality. When you, sometimes when we think about people that are uh, intercessors and prayer warriors, we envision somebody who like a, lives a monastic lifestyle. They're isolated. They don't like people. They just want to be in the prayer room only. They're like just so holy that they can't get messed up by lock, looking at you or talking to you. But the reality is that God is not looking for a personality type. He's looking for you to seek the Spirit of God. He's looking for people who want to seek what he wants, who want to carry the burdens that he carries, who want to pray the prayers that he has for them to pray. That's not based on personality. That you, you have your personality, you be your person, but you decide, I'm, listen, I'm going to grab a hold of this. I don't care if you're 12 years old or you're 99 years old, this is for you. This is for you no matter what your personality type is. And sometimes we use, sometimes we use our fear and our timidity as excuses. I, I'm, I'd be too embarrassed. I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm, so I, I'm not going to press into that way. And I just want to encourage you, just like Wanda did. You saw her come up here, and she was, she was a little nervous. And this is the first time she's ever shared anything like that. But she said, I, I'm not going to let my fear keep me from hearing God's voice and sharing it with others and doing what he's called me to do. And I just want to tell you, prayer might be new for you. You may be nervous about it. You may never have prayed out loud. It's time for you to get over. It's time for you to just build a bridge and get over it. Time for us to, to push through the fear and move into a new territory. Myth number five, isn't this for retired missionaries, elderly women, and fanatic saints? Right? Sometimes we think, man, it's, it's those people who are really super spiritual people that have a lot of time. They can come to the prayer meetings because they're always at like mid-morning or some crazy hour or whatever. But I just want you to know, yeah, some people do in fact have more time for prayer. But oftentimes, those people who are, that, who are thinking about, they have spent time in prayer and they have fallen in love with it. And so they spend more time in prayer. They, they have actually devoted themselves, they've given themselves to prayer. And when you give yourselves to prayer, you, you, you discover there's a joy in prayer. Boy, you come on, on Friday morning uh, uh, here when we, when we gather together at 6.30, we have a little time of worship and then we begin to pray. It is, it, the time goes so quickly and it is, it's just so incredible. It's so wonderful. Just like a few moments ago and, and one of you shouted, hey, let's, let's do it again. There's something beautiful that happens and you begin to fall in love with prayer. It may not be easy. It may, may not happen just at the very beginning. It might not happen if you pray one, once or twice. You might actually have to work into it. But once you do, you'll discover that there is a joy to prayer and you actually look forward to it. I was with a friend just this last week, and we were talking, and I just thought, let's pray, I don't want to talk anymore, let's pray. And we just began to pray together, and it was just a beautiful thing. Myth number six, my prayers won't make a difference. My prayers won't make a difference. You ever felt like that? Sometimes we're just thinking like, man, I I don't know what to pray, or I've prayed before, and it hasn't happened, and I just don't know if my prayers do any good. It's kind of like voting, right? Right? Is one vote going to really do anything, right? And we're, we're just like, ah, oh, I don't even know. Forget it. I'm not going to even register this time. And I just want to tell you, we're not voting. Right? This, this is not like we're throwing up some missile to heaven and hoping that he hears us, right? This, this is actually, when we're talking about prayer, you have to look at Scripture. When you look at Scripture... What happens in Scripture is you have men and women who stand in the gap, who begin to lift up prayers to heaven, who unite God's promises with the situation on the earth. They partner with God in the day of battle. They press into those areas of impossibility. And what happens is that God responds. What happens is that things shift and move. I was talking to a woman just a few moments ago between services and she reminded me that, uh, that we went over with a group of people beca- to, and prayed for her daughter because her daughter had a, a situation that they could not get breakthrough in and they had been waiting for a year and two years and nothing was moving and we went and prayed and 16 days later, I think she said it was, there was breakthrough and the answer came because when you begin to pray and when you press into this area, what the scripture says is that God moves. And we have to stop being cynical and fatalistic about our prayers, right? We're, we're, we're just like, well, it's not going to do any good. Why would I even pray? Or it's just, just going to work out. Just, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I just want to tell you that's not the economy of the kingdom. There are things that God wants to do that will not happen until someone stands in the gap and begins to pray. Let me just end with Ezekiel 22, verse 30. It says, I looked for someone among them, who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land? I look for someone. I look for someone who'd respond. I look for someone who would pray. I look for someone who would stand in the gap. I look for someone who would stand and and reach out to heaven and, and call into the promises of God and draw them down into lives, into families, into situations. I look for someone who would build up the wall and stand in the gap so that I would not have to destroy the land, but I found no one how tragic how sad there's some things that god wants to do in this house There's some things that god wants to do in your family there's some things that god wants to do in 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 this community and and in this world and the lord is looking he's looking his eyes are looking for those who would stand in the gap who would stand before him who would begin to lift up prayers and who would begin to draw down heaven the, the call to prayer is, a, is an all call. It's not just for some select few. It's for all those who would respond. It's for all those who would say, God, use me. I'm here, God. I, I want to be useful to you I'm not interested in what other people think or say I'm not gonna any longer be silent because I think I don't sound good or I don't know have the right words or I feel all tongue tied and tongue twisted but God I I just want to covenant with you that you would use me as your vessel to pray the things that are on your heart and he will do it and he will do it question for us is is will we respond will we respond will we stand in the gap We will be the kind of church that understands that prayer shifts and moves things. Oh, I pray that this church will be a church that when people come into the room, the atmosphere is different because it's a praying place because people have carried in prayer with them. Because during the service, we're lifting up prayer to heaven. Because when people come down and they need healing and they need touch and they need restoration, that they find people who know how to pray, who know how to storm heaven, and to bring the riches of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords down into this place. Would you stand to your feet with me? And let let me just pray for you. I'm gonna invite the prayer teams to come forward for all those who would need prayer this morning. If you would just bow your head and close your eyes and just, just this moment, just begin to to speak to God. What's on your heart? You may you may talk to Him right now about about those things that 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 you realize that you have failed in in the in the area of prayer. That you haven't responded to His call to prayer. Maybe the excuses that, that that we have used. God, would you just forgive us? Would you, would you forgive us, Lord, for 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 looking to the right or to the left, for being distracted, for being lazy, for allowing excuses to get in the way of the work, Lord? We, we want to hear what you have to say. We want to be useful in your hands, Lord Jesus. We want to pray at a higher level, Jesus. Would you teach us how to pray? Would you change the passions of our heart, God? When we wake up in the morning, would you give us a new hunger for the things of God? Lord, forgive us for for being so easily distracted and being about other business, but not about your business. Lord, there, there are things that we know that you want to do, Would you use us, Jesus? Would you use us? Would you make this church, God, a church of prayer? Would you, would you unite us, Lord, together so that when we begin to lift up prayer to you, you would hear our faith and you would respond? And God, we do. We lift up this desire that you would change our hearts and minds, that this church would be a church so full of life, so full of the Spirit, that people, when they walk in the door, that the demon would flee and that there would be breakthrough in people's lives. Lord, we pray for a house of healing. We pray for a house of breakthrough. We pray Pray for a house where your presence would dwell in the name of Jesus. If you just keep your heads bowed just for a moment longer, I want to pray for you this morning. If you don't know Christ, if you don't have a relationship with him, I just don't don't want to leave this place without giving you that opportunity to reach out for him today. We've talked about being able to go into the throne room of God, having access to the King of Kings, having him incline his ear to hear your prayer. That begins with a relationship with Jesus. And he freely offers to all who would receive his forgiveness and his grace. All who would receive, all who uh, would desire to have a relationship with him are welcome. All those who need a second chance, all those who need a fresh start. He says, I'm here, I'm available, and the door to heaven is open. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that can change right now, right here. I simply want to lead you in a prayer if you need to make that decision today just raise your hand as an indication saying I'm here and I want to pray that prayer this morning. Anybody here this morning raise that hand so I can see it. Yes. Yes, yes, I see several hands. Let's just pray that prayer together, Lord Jesus. Would you save me? Would you make me new? Forgive me, God, for choosing my own way. I'm choosing your way today. Would you give me your spirit? Would you give me a fresh start? Would you put your mark on me, God? Would you change me forever? I'm asking you in the name of Jesus. Amen. We just pray right now, Lord. We pray for every person that prayed that prayer in the name of Jesus that you would seal them that you would change them, that you would put your mark on them. Lord, that whatever they're facing and dealing with today, that they would have the spirit of the overcomer that would come on them, the spirit of victory, the spirit of breakthrough. In the name of Jesus, the thing that has happened right now, we bless and we ask God that you would preserve them and keep them and strengthen them in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen.
1: Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the message, and we hope to see you on a Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Visit us online at kchamford.com,
0: and if you want to support our ministry, click Give. Cornelia Church. Passion for God, compassion for people.